Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, I got to tell you, um, not a bad week to be a Caps fan. Uh, the the Caps were able to get out of the weekend, getting three out of four points. Not too shabby. It seems like a lot of these players may have uh, uh, bought into the system finally uh, after that uh, after the bye week that we've had, but. Joining me, as always, to talk all about it, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, man? I'm a little under the weather. I've been drinking a lot oh. of tea, but uh, the Caps, I got this, actually, you can't see it because it goes away when it gets cold, but that's my dog in a Caps jersey on the mug. <laughs> uh, Where did you get that from? I got this for Christmas like two or three years ago. My aunt got it for me. I can't. I don't remember what website she got, but you can send whatever picture you want, and they put it on a mug. And the funniest part was she was so excited when she gave it to me Christmas morning. I, I got a hot chocolate. I put it in the mug, and I go, hey, who are those people? They sent me the wrong mug. mug. So there was this random family <laughs> on this picture, this random family in a cornfield that I didn't know. And she's like, that's not right at all. So they eventually sent me the right picture and the right mug. But <laughs> it was that is the start of a horror film. Right. Right. Where yeah. like that, the, that's the people that are coming to kill you. I, I mean, I think one at a time. A movie there, buddy. At day, yeah. All right. Let's start. Sorry, everybody. We'll see you next week. Brandon, I got some work to do. <laughs> so let's talk about the Washington Capitals. Let's talk a little bit about this team. Uh, overall, I got to say, like, we've been uh, some Debbie Downers about this team throughout this season so far. But I think they had their very best game against Boston. They came very close to beating Vancouver on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, they they lost to Colorado, and it, it wasn't as uh, – as, uh, 
it was a closer game than that final score uh, is saying at six and three. But overall, this week of Caps hockey, it's been fun to watch them again. It, they, they've been they've been on. They've been looking good. I, I I like what I'm seeing right now. I wish it would have gotten a little uh, here a little bit earlier in the season. But right now, this is a this is a good team. I mean, part of me wonders, and what I have been wondering is, do we have the right coach for this roster? Or, and what I think is more the issue, uh, or what should be the issue, is that do we have the right players for this coach? And so, like you said, while the record hasn't been good, while they've lost something like, what is it, 8 of 9, 7 of 8, something like that, they, I sound like I'm referencing Star Trek characters from the Borg, um, you know, They've looked better. You know, they had the win over Boston. They went 1-1-1, one, one, and one, I believe. Or, well, I'm sorry, 1-2-1 um, and one since we last talked. But they had the win over Boston. They had the loss to Florida. But a lot of people are losing Florida lately. You know, they had a bit of a dejecting overtime loss to Vancouver. But I thought they played really well against a very good, one of the top teams in the NHL right now. And, you know, with a misleading, uh, misleading scoreline against Colorado, you know, they 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 were in that game with the exception of a couple empty net goals. And so, like you said, this is, this is an exciting team becoming an, not exciting, but a more interesting team to watch. Like they're playing better. Ovechkin has scored in six straight games. You know, he's got what he's up to 14 on the season. So he's only behind Strom, who's got 20 and Mantha, who's got 16. And within the next couple of weeks, even if he doesn't score a goal, he might end up second on the team in goals. Depending on what happens at the trade deadline. But I feel like this team is just playing a lot better. They're playing together. There's a there's not that there's more effort, but there's more being done in the way that Carberry wants it. You know, there it's you know, a lot of forechecking that they are playing better and so, um, solid defensively. And so I'm curious to see how the rest of this season goes. Like, I don't think the playoffs are a realistic possibility. They're a technical possibility. They're a statistic possibility. I just don't think it's realistic that that's going to be the case. And I don't think that's necessarily like the worst thing, but they're, I think, 22nd in the league. So it's not like they're getting a great draft pick. They have an opportunity to pick higher. But since when has the team had that much luck? So, you know, I I think they kind of are what they are. They're They're just not a very good team. They're an okay team. They're kind of middle of the pack kind of team. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing, but they're playing better. And I think what we're seeing is signs of what this future will look like with the right players on this roster. Yeah. And, uh, if you do listen to, uh, caps this morning, uh, I'm going to reference that podcast a little bit. I I'm wondering if the, uh, they brought this up uh, on this morning's show on the 15th. Uh, I'm wondering if this bye week and all-star break really was a godsend for this team, because, Ovechkin seems to be, uh, you know, a fire's lit under his butt. Maybe that week off really did help him. Uh, but they're also talking about guys like Connor McMichael and, and Protus and LaPierre and those players in the AHL. They played with the Hershey Bears until July. So their offseason wasn't uh, as long as, as it normally is. So I'm wondering, you've got uh, veterans who need a little bit of extra rest. You've got young guys, young guns who aren't uh had a longer season last year so i'm wondering if all of that like did catch up to this team and this bye week allowed everybody 
to take a rest and everybody to kind of sit back, relax, put their feet up a little bit. And we are kind of seeing the uh, the the uh, rewards of that because there definitely was a fight in this team that there's been a lot of games this year where this team comes out flat footed. They don't look like they want to be there. And uh, you've got guys coming out and playing against some of the best teams in the league right now. And yeah, Vancouver was a little bit on a, on a skid that they were able to break uh, on the Capitals. But like Boston, this happened last year, if you remember, right after the bye week. They went up against Boston, blanked them, and Boston was the best team in the league last year as well. So I, I think that this bye week came at the right time. These guys got to reset a little bit. And like they brought up on Caps this morning, there are 30 games left in the season right now. The Capitals, to reach 94 points, will have to win 20 of the 30 games. So that yeah, is right. a lot to ask this team <laughs> to make the playoffs. But with what we've seen so far against Boston and Vancouver and those teams, um, it's not out of the question. It's a tall order, but they do look like they're an invigorated team. I, you're not incorrect in saying that they look like a better team. Like they do like, like they're playing better, but this might be one of those things where it's just, it's too little too late where they've gotten to the part of the season where they really are going to have to make their push. And I just don't see it as a realistic possibility. Like I'm looking at the, Stand no, I'm not because I can't find the right tab. I'm looking at the standings right now, and in terms of like wild card, they are six points out of the second spot. And like it's not necessarily a tall order to be able to get in there, but you're also having to somehow leap over the Islanders. You're gonna have to jump over the Devils, the Red Wings, and maybe even the Maple Leafs. If you can even catch Philly or Carolina in the division, who you're 10, 11 points behind. But you've got the Penguins who will play two less games than you, who only are one point behind. Montreal is two points behind you, and Buffalo is four points behind you. So, you know, there's just you. The Caps are not in control of their destiny. As much as it's like, well, if they just win twenty out of thirty, they're in. You got to hope a bunch of other teams struggle as well. And I don't know if that's a realistic possibility for this team right now. I, I don't know what we're, we're like. I don't want to say that this this season is is dead and buried, uh, but I do like what we're seeing just coming back from this this uh, bye week because it looks like these guys are finally buying into Spencer Carberry system. So this could mean something for next year. Uh, I don't know who's going to be on this team next year, but uh, I like what we're seeing. Sure, we've we'll got him in a month. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's 30 games left. We should enjoy those games, but we are seeing some guys wake up, and one of those guys is the leader of this team, Alexander Ovechkin, who has scored in six straight games. This is the most uh, he has scored, or, or the longest streak he's had since, I believe, 2018. So that is, uh, that is a big deal because a lot of guys have said this. I think even uh, Bruce, who was on one of the uh, broadcasts earlier this week, said uh, the team goes as Ovechkin goes. And if Ovechkin's waking up, this team's going to wake up with him. I mean, yeah, when you have one of the greatest goal scorers of all time on your roster, you're going to go as far as he can carry you. And if he's not scoring someone else has to pick up that slack significantly someone or someone like a multiple a number of guys could do it we didn't have that like strom was scoring wilson to an extent mantha to an extent but that was about it and they were just having so many troubles 
so many issues in other areas that now we are where we are as a result of it. And, you know, it's hard to say it's a wasted season. I'm very curious to see what happens at the deadline in terms of their ability to retool there. I don't think they're going to go into a rebuild. I think we know that. I don't think they're going to go into a situation where they're going to have a fire sale. I think we're going to see likely a couple of trades between now and the deadline of guys like Nick Dowd, Anthony Mantha, maybe a Charlie Lindgren or a Nick Jensen or Van Riemsdyk. Like some of these guys, these veteran guys that are not going to be part of this team when they're making you know those runs again. I could certainly see them on their way out. But I, in terms I, of like, yeah. No, I, well, I was going to say, I'm hearing a lot that uh, I can't remember uh, off the top of my head what her name is, but the, the Washington Post reporter said that she normally Ellie doesn't Johnson. talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, she uh, she said, I normally don't post about scouts being at games, but that Vegas has been at the last five Washington Capitol games. I, I mean, obviously, if you're there for the last five, you're there to see somebody and you're talking about potentially guys moving. You know, I've even heard guys like Mac, Max Pacioretty being on the mm-hmm. move and, and willing to go somewhere if he can go to a contender. So, like, you have to you have to throw his yeah, name. He's not in going there. to Arizona. No, <laughs> you have to throw his name in there uh, as well as a potential move for for that. Yeah. So what, what do you think of that? Do you like who do you think Vegas is looking at? And is there somebody from Vegas you think could make a, an impact immediately for the Capitals? I mean, it sounds like they want a winger. Like they want right. to bring in, they want some help in goal scoring and they want a winger. Vegas is currently on, where are you? So they are second in the Pacific. They are right now 10 points behind Vancouver with one less game played. So they're going to want to push to get the division behind a very good Vancouver Canucks team. And so it's going to be hard for them to catch up if you're not scoring as many goals as you'd like to. And so bringing in a guy like a patcher ready, or maybe even an Anthony Mantha, if that's who they're looking at or, or interested in, I'd be curious to see what they get from Vegas, whether it's picks prospects, uh, guys on the roster. Like, I don't think if you're the caps right now, if they're like, Hey, we're going to give you a 33 year old center or winger to replace Max Pacioretty. You're like, no, thanks. Like, you have a couple guys in Hershey you can probably bring up that aren't going to hurt the Bears necessarily if you were to make that move. Or do you go out and you get a guy who's playing for, I think their minor league team is in Henderson, and, you know, do you go get a guy from there that's a prospect that can then go from Henderson to Hershey, and then you bring up an Ethan Frank or someone like that to come play at the NHL level so the Bears aren't necessarily being impacted in as much of of a negative way by bringing guys up from the AHL. So... There's certainly a lot of different things that can happen. Uh, I, I'm not sure who the Golden Knights would be willing to give up at this point. I'd be curious to see if the Caps are interested in anybody over there um, or if it's just, you know, picks and prospects and that kind of thing. And guys who maybe can make a more of a uh, stake into this team next season. So you, you brought up bringing a couple guys up from Hershey. Now we've seen uh, Scarbosa for at least a week at this point. Uh, I know it's been a little limited. It, it's just a couple games, but have you been impressed with what we have, what you have seen from uh, Scarbosa so far, making that leap from the Hershey Bears to the Washington Capitals? I think it makes sense as a veteran in the AHL. You kind of know what you're getting from him. I think he's looked fine. I think if this was a Caps team that was pushing 
for a real run in the playoffs or, or an expected run in the playoffs. You know, we've certainly seen a lot of really good Caps teams in the regular season that didn't go far in the playoffs. So if this was a team that was really thinking was going to make a run in the playoffs, then I'm not sure this move would have made a lot of sense. But I think with where this team is at now, wanting the young guys that are in Hershey, wanting them to play more minutes in more high-impact areas in terms of power play and PK minutes, like it made sense to bring him up. I like what he's done for this team. I don't think he's hurting. I, you know, I don't know if it goes as far as say he's helping, considering they're not winning very much. But I, I think it makes sense. I think I could foresee him being on this roster the rest of the season and then going back to Hershey for their playoff run. But they, a lot of things are going to depend on the deadline and where this team is at, and you know whether they bring guys up or guys that they get in a trade coming over. You know, I was just saying, like, you know, I don't really want guys that are in their mid-30s to come over just for the rest of the season, but if they don't want to mess with Hershey and these are NHL-quality players, then, yeah, sure, bring them in. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I want to go and get another Rasmus Sandin. Like, I want to get the guy that's going to come in that's part of the future who's just stuck down the depth chart because of there are just more veteran guys that are very good hockey players that are in front of him and bring him into D.C. so he has an opportunity to be a good player on this team. I want to see, you know, early to mid-20s. That's what they should be looking for. Is that why you think that a young guy like Henrik's LaPierre uh, was left in Hershey when this opportunity came up with Evgeny Kuznetsov stepping away? Is that why they chose Scarbosa over him? Because they wanted to give LaPierre more playing time at the AHL level, knowing his minutes would kind of be limited at the NHL level, and that he's already kind of had a taste of the NHL. They were trying to get somebody else up here because I think um, when Scarbosa came up, I, I a lot of us were kind of leaving our heads uh, you know, scratching our heads going, huh, I wonder why LaPierre wasn't the guy that was brought up. And that was my immediate thought was like, they call him Scarfosa, not LaPierre. Like, what are they? <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? That does make a lot of sense in terms of like, and it, people were talking about it on Twitter, in terms of like, you want LaPierre playing big minutes right now. It's one thing if you call him up and they kind of called him up before and then they'd be like, all right, we're going to send him back. Nope, someone else got injured. Okay, we're going to keep him around for another day or two. Okay, now we accept. Nope, someone else got injured. So they kind of were, I think they hung on to him a little bit longer than they wanted to last time. I think it makes a lot of sense to have him playing in Hershey with big minutes right now, knowing that there's a really good possibility that Scarbosa is here the rest of the regular season. Again, it depends on what happens at the deadline, but I think there's a very good chance that he's here the rest of the regular season because they need a center. And I think with the news that kind of broke late this afternoon, in terms of the Caps putting Matthew Phillips on waivers, it's looking like Sonny Milano is coming back. The reason Scarbosa didn't go back down is because they still need a center, and Sonny Milano doesn't play center. So he's not going anywhere unless Kuznetsov comes back or they acquire a center between now and the trade deadline. So, you know, this is a guy that I think is going to stick around, which, of course, now that I said that means he's getting sent down to Hershey tomorrow. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, I, it makes a lot of sense to me because it doesn't like it impacts the Bears, of course, because he's a good player for them. But I think they're doing really well, and they're going to get a really good player if he clears waivers in Matthew Phillips. So I don't think Hershey's necessarily hurting right now, and I think the deadline's going to be really interesting. And if I'm the Bears, I'm not looking at the deadline as necessarily a bad thing because again, the Caps aren't pushing to m make a run for the Cup, so they're not willing to trade away some of their prospects that might be helping Hershey a lot to acquire a guy that might be able to push the caps over the edge, right? So it's more likely we might actually bring in some reinforcements for the Bears for their playoff run by moving out a Pacioretty, a Bantha, a Dowd, a Jensen, a whatever. 
right? So, you know, I expect a couple of trades from the Caps, but I also want them to be making smart trades. But I want to, you know, I want McCollum to go out and see, like, who can I find? And even if it's in a trade that's not part of, like, it doesn't have to be Mantha for a guy who's buried in the depth chart. Like they did for Sandine. They traded Gustafson in a first to get him. Like they were the buyers in that trade. I don't mind him. You know, I'm just a fan. So it doesn't matter what I mind. But like, I think that's a good idea because they still are looking at retooling, not rebuilding this thing. They're not looking at just picking up prospects. They're looking at picking up NHL players. So I think this trade deadline He's going to be looking at it the same way. McCollins are looking at it the same way I did last year. This isn't working. I can retool a little bit, but let me see what else. Who else can I grab from other teams that aren't working out there that very likely could work out here that are in their early to mid-20s? Again, like Erasmus Sandin. It sounds like the only guy I care about is Sandin. That's not the case. He's just a perfect example of like, when they made that, first of all, when they made that trade, there were some people that were like, they got a first-round pick and Sandine for Gustafson. I was like, yo, McClellan for GM of the year. Like, that's a heck of a trade. And then it got flipped, and I was like, no. But it makes a lot of sense. So if they can go out and get a guy in, you know, 24 years old who can, you know, slot in to the top six as a goal-scoring winger or a center, yes, please. It's going to be a very interesting two weeks uh, left of February uh, until the uh, the trade deadline approaches on March 8th. Uh, they've got a little bit of time. They've got some time to to showcase some players that are potentially on expiring deals that can make an impact immediately for other teams. I think, you know, they're going to be buyers. They're going to be sellers. I, I really think that. I don't think that they're going to be one or the other. We saw that last year, like that Sandine a trade you, you brought up. You know, Orlov left and uh, Garnet Hathaway left and they got a first round pick and then they flipped that first round pick to get Sandine. So I think there's going to be a little bit of that. There's going to be a little bit of uh, just kind of juggling a lot of different moves at the moment. All signs point, though, to them making a deal with Vegas. We'll see what happens. Um, but like you said, Matthew Phillips was put on waivers earlier today at the time of this recording. Uh, he was not claimed off of waivers, uh, so we'll see what happens moving forward. But all signs point to Sonny Milano finally getting back into the lineup. He's been out for almost – it's either two months or over two months on a injury that allegedly he was supposed to come back, you know, in, in new around New Year's. Uh, but here we are mid-February, and he's finally returning uh, I don't know if he's going to play against Montreal, but with Matthew Phillips being waived, I would assume he makes his return against Montreal. But Sonny Milano, he he had a little bit of a slow start to the season. I, I'm intrigued to see if he can pick it up at this tail end. I mean, I think he's a guy that isn't going to be happy with his season. And not just because of the injury. Like, some of these things are just unavoidable, whether it's a hit or your body just being like, you know, hey, hey, dude, I need a break. Like, we need to settle down with the people bumping into me thing, you know? So I, I think it would make a lot of sense for his season to be almost like it just... It's a bit of a lost season for Sonny Milano. You know, he didn't have great offensive numbers, didn't have the best season. He really came off a really good opportunity last year, did really well, earned that contract. And I think he's going to go into the rest of the season and the next season as a little bit of a trying to, to prove himself again. And I think that's you know, it's a good thing for the Caps. Anything else we should cover here in Caps World? Um, 
I mean, we've it's some interesting things. You know, McMichael, even though he had that unfortunate turnover in overtime that led to the loss of the Canucks, you know, he's been playing a bit better lately, getting on the score sheet. Alexi Protus is getting on the score sheet, playing better. Beck Mallinson, I think, did he get one the other day? Yeah, so assist, I mean, it's right? nice to see some of these. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's nice to see some of these young guys producing again. And, and you know, you I think you're going to see this with young players, and they go through highs and lows in their in terms of points production and their play. And so it's finding that stability as they get a little older and that stable play, I think is really going to be an important thing for them and for the caps. And I think, you know, we're going to see a little bit more of that as we get through the rest of this season and into, uh, into next year. And, um, you know, we're, we're three weeks from the deadline. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the team to an extent. The market's been set with the Elias Lindholm and, um, who's the other guy? Sean Monahan trades. You know, they uh, those are some big deals with some first round picks being moved, and so, or at least the Lindholm one was, and some good you know prospects. And so I think that's kind of setting the deadline. So if I'm McPhee, I'm like, I know what I'm asking for, McPhee, <laughs> McClellan, wrong dude. If I well, if I'm McPhee in Vegas, they would make a trade. Maybe he knows what he's asking for, or yeah. give it up. So I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the deadline as well, because some gms might come you know gms of the sellers might come in and be like hey i want this and they're like i don't care what they got you're not getting that from us and so the market could shift pretty quickly but you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the market as it is i'm intrigued to see maybe if uh, uh george mcphee comes over we can say all right best we can do martin erat it's best we can give you right now buddy so yeah um no thank you <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it for Caps World. 30 games left, everybody. 30 games left. Let's see if the Caps can make an impact. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. But before we do that, here is a word from some of our sponsors. everybody here we go we are going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan what's going on down on the farm well you know what we're gonna mix it up this week we're gonna start oh in south carolina where the stingrays went two and two with wins over savannah now they're currently third in the south division with 59 points one back of second place jacksonville and seven back of first place Greenville. They'll be back at it on Friday in Greenville before hosting Florida on Saturday for back-to-back -back games at the North Charleston Coliseum. Moving north to Hershey, where the Bears went 1-1 one one with a win over Providence. The Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division and the entirety, that is the AHL, with 76 points, 13 points up on second place Providence in the division and nine points up on second place Milwaukee for the league. They'll be back at it on Saturday in Toronto before heading to Belleville on Monday, then Louisville on Wednesday. Nice little Canadian trip for the Hershey Bears. That's what's going on down on the farm. All right, go Bears, go Stingrays. Now we're going to go around the NHL and beyond. But before we do that, once again, here is a quick word from some of our sponsors. 
All right, everybody, here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. There's a lot going on in the world of hockey, so Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Well, let's start in Abbotsford, British Columbia, Canada, where Phil Kessel is working out with the Canucks minor league affiliate with an eye towards joining them, that being the Canucks, for the rest of the regular season. And, you know, unless there is a historic collapse, the playoffs. Toronto's Morgan Riley was suspended for five games for cross-checking Ottawa's Ridley Greg. Did you see this play, by the way? I want to ask you about this. I did not see this one. So, I have to look okay, this up. So, Ottawa, Ottawa's up at the end. You know, they're up like four to three, I think it was, towards the end of the game. And uh, Greg is toward, get, uh, going an empty net. It's on a breakaway. So, instead of just, you know, putting it in the net, slap shot, wrist shot, whatever it is, kind of passing into the net, dude takes a slap shot. Oh. From in front of the goal. Morgan Riley takes exception to this, rightfully so, and cross check, if I have this right, cross checks him in the face. Toronto fans are livid that he's been suspended or at least suspended for that many games. I'm over here going, yeah, I think the dude slap shotting in the net was probably a bit much, a little unnecessary, but so is cross checking a dude in the face. Like you want to go because it's hockey and it's on cool to do that. And like, I understand in sports are certain things that are just, you know, you don't do that. But I'm pretty confident that cross-checking a dude in the face is also one of them. So if you want to fight the guy, if you want to go at him, you drop the stick and the gloves or whatever it is. And I know that gets you like a one-game suspension or whatever it is because you get kicked out for starting a fight in the last five minutes. But, like, no, you can't cross-check a dude in the face whether he was a douche or not. Like, you're just not allowed to do that. So Morgan Riley's got to go ahead and he's going to be sitting out. I don't remember how many, I haven't checked to see how many games they've played so far that he's missed. But that is what happened there. Vancouver, Vancouver's, Vancouver's. Hold on, Nikita hold on, hold on. Zach- I, I just, I just saw it. I just saw it. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the slap shot, eh? Like it's an empty netter. You're gonna lose the game. Why you, why you, you know? Was was it necessary? No, but guys just having some fun with it, so that doesn't bother me. The cross check to the face, yeah, that's a little uncalled for. Like. If you want to get in the guy's face and mouth off or whatever, go for it. You can't cross-check the guy. I mean, it was an empty net goal. You're losing anyway. Like, this is – you just cost yourself five games. That is that is dumb. <laughs> that was – it was like, you want to go at the guy, fine. Hit him, fight him, whatever. But the cross-check in the face is just stupid. And that's yeah. why he got to sit out. Vancouver's Nikita Zadorov was suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head of Detroit's Lucas Raymond. That's not nice. Boston's Matt Grieslick was fined five grand for spearing the Caps' Max Pacioretty. That's just rude. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that's rude. Dallas's Mason Marchment was fined five grand for interference on Toronto's Jake McCabe. And Boston's Linus Olmark was fined five grand for high-sticking Tampa's Mikey Isamont. I think I got that close to right. Team USA has named Bill Guerin to be the general manager for the 2025 NHL Four Nations Faceoff and the 2026 U.S. Olympic men's ice hockey team. Where Brandon, as we talked about last week, there will be NHL players. Yes, yeah, so excited. So excited. Can't wait to watch that in 2026. Brandon wants the remote from Click so he can fast forward. <laughs> That's right. Uh, where, where are the Olympics? 
Is it? Oh, it's Italy. It's Italy. I, I need to go get a, a plane ticket to Italy for 2026. That's what I need to do. There you, there you go. Now, speaking of the Olympics, we we're actually recording on February 15th, which is the 10 year anniversary of TJ Oshie's shootout victory over Russia at the Sochi Olympics. Brandon, do you remember where you were during that crazy game? I specifically remember where I was because Coach Dan, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was a snow day here in Maryland that day. And uh, since the game was in Sochi, it was an early morning game, like 7 a.m. And uh, work, school, everything. I was working at a school at the time uh, was canceled for the day due to the snow. So I got to get up early. I got to enjoy watching this game live from Sochi in my living room as the snow was coming down here in Maryland. And uh, TJ Oshie was not a capital yet. And uh, it was it was fun to see that. And uh, he was still with the St. Louis Blues at the time. But it was odd because if you remember in international hockey, you're allowed to have the same player uh, go for the shootout, you know, one right after the other after the other, where in the NHL, you have to go through your entire team before people get a second shot. So it was so interesting to see. Uh, that happened because they just kept putting TJ out there and putting him out there and putting him out there. And and he showed that he was a shootout master at that time. And uh, it was a little it was a little extra sweet for us uh, USA fans because the game was in Russia, in Sochi. And to see the U.S. kind of conquer uh, the Russians again, it was nothing like the miracle on ice. But it was kind of fun to to be like, oh, OK, you know, we beat the Russians again. That was fun. But it was early morning game for us here in the U.S. I absolutely loved watching it. And I uh, was so happy to see T.J. Oshie become a, a capital after that. What about you? Do you remember where you were? I do. So I didn't watch the game live because I enjoy sleeping. So I watched. <laughs> I didn't look up any information. I didn't um, watch the game. Like I said, live. I, you know, like I went into it completely. Uh without knowing anything as terms of what was going to happen. And I was in my townhouse where I lived with my uh, girlfriend at the time. What year was this? 10 years. So was, 10 years was, ago. Yeah, yeah. So before we got married for, yeah. So, you know, we're living together. I remember watching the game and I was excited. I was like, Oh, what's going to happen. And I like stayed off of Twitter and everything. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. And, and it just like, it just kept going. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, can we have this guy on our team? Like, can he be on the caps? This would be great. And then that summer he got traded, and I was like, oh, did I manifest that into happening? Like, this is cool. Like, he actually joined the team. We had TJ Oshie, the the hero of the Sochi Olympics. So, no, I thought it was great. I remember just, it, I was like on the edge of my seat on my couch being like, oh, my God, you know, every time. And so it was just, it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, and if you remember uh, that after he got uh, traded to us, because it was a Troy Brower trade at the draft, uh, TJ Oshie became a capital at that draft. He came to DC and was here for the rookie camp at Kettler and people lined up to meet TJ Oshie. I met him. You can't see it on here, but like my Weagle, he signed my Weagle. Uh, and uh, the only eight by 10 they had of TJ Oshie at the time was him staring down Bob Brosky at the Olympics. Like he, they didn't even have photos of him in a caps Jersey yet. And I actually do remember going to, I, I always got there at like 7 a.m. for rookie camp because rookie camp is always insane with massive amounts of people. But uh, he had just became a capital. They had jerseys behind the counter. And I was one of the first people checking out. And I was like, are those Oshi t-shirts for sale? 
And they're like, yeah, yeah, they are. Do you want one? And I'm like, uh, absolutely, I do. So I was one of the first people to buy a TJ Oshie jersey that day at Kettler. I met him. I got the autograph of him staring down Bobrovsky at the Olympics. I uh, got him to sign that. And then you and I did a live show in the stands, which I'm sure no one uh, at the Capitals were happy People about. were like, what are these weirdos doing? Yeah, we had a GoPro. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, yeah, it was, it was a little wild, but yeah. The good old days. That was yeah. That was like the back in the good old days where we would see each other once a year at rookie camp, and that was it. Yeah, it's true. And then, oh, I decided to have children, and things just got so much more complicated. <laughs> uh, last little bit of news: the rivalry series between USA Hockey and Hockey Canada ended over the weekend. Canada came back from a nothing to three record in the series to win the final four meeting Sunday's game ended a six to one victory for the Canadians, blah, 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 blah. Uh, whatever. We're still better at soccer and we play a normal, uh, version of pigskin football. So, you know, whatever Canada <laughs> God, you got lucky this time, but, uh, yeah, that's what's going on around the NHL and beyond. Can't win the World Juniors, but you do have us in the rivalry series. You do have us there. But this, this is good fodder because the Women's World Championship is coming up in April. So this rivalry series always is a good way to set up that final gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada. Because you know it's going to be U.S. and Canada in the finals for the gold medal. You know it's happening. So uh, we'll see what happens. But anyway, that's probably what it is. So, Coach Dan, is that the show? I think that's it this week, buddy. All right, everybody. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. You can talk to us over on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter because that's a stupid name. I'm going to fight this every week. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on there at WTP Coach Dan talking all kinds of Capitals related stuff. Occasionally talking about the Bears, Stingrays, Arsenal Football Club doing quite well lately a six nothing victory last weekend over west ham united and uh yeah find my phone the talking about the bills the commanders when is the nfl draft in april april yes when's free agency um mid-march i guess like it's a summer is it no free is it june or is that when mini camps start happening yeah, mini camp. Mini no, mini camp isn't until May. Um, when does that start? What day? It's not like we're March recording March thirteenth. I okay, I was like, it's not like we're both on computers. We can just look this up. But anyways, that's uh, yeah. Somehow finding me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you have enjoyed the show, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash What the Puck Pod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of interesting things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, the Stingrays, the Cubs, and uh, the National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. Brandon, just a moment ago, we were talking about football and how this season never truly ends. They always have something going on each month. If someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should listen to? Yes, you can subscribe to my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. 
Me and my buddy Josh cover everything Baltimore Ravens. When something decides to break, some sort of news, we'll be back doing live content. Uh, but uh, we got to wait for that content to we have, we have to wait for things to happen. Before there must be content to have content. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yes. So uh, make sure you're, you're you are stay connected to what the puck. Write a Snapple podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. Let everybody know. Say I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to what the puck, and you should too. So let's go over the games until we talk again. There are two games going on until we talk again on February 17th on Saturday. The Capitals are up against the Montreal Canadiens. That game is in Montreal at seven o'clock. You can watch that one locally on the Monumental Sports network and i gotta tell you i did watch on the monumental sports network the new show that john walton and Tarek el bashir are putting out there i i don't know if it's a daily show it's a weekly show but uh i watched that earlier this morning very good good content and uh they also have a show called district countdown i believe and uh today's episode was uh the top 10 ov backstrom moments very fun trip down memory lane it was great seeing those guys they, they talked about the rock the red intro with dan i don't know if you remember that one where it was like a yeah it was a concert with, with um um uh, jose taylor and who was that taylor backstrom like green like yeah uh, ovechkin ba- um alexander Semin was part of that i guess i'm sure that was yeah. one where you're like I feel like when they were like, this is going to be great. And then they filmed it. And it's one of those things where like, after you're done, you go, Oh, this is, we look like douches. Like this looks so stupid. <laughs> you're like, we already made the thing. We paid everybody. We're, you know, we're going with it, but it was just like, it was so silly. I loved it. I loved it. That was, uh, you know, it was some of Ovi's early years and that, that rock the red era and that whole rock and roll lifestyle that they were portraying in that thing that's what got everybody intrigued on this team like everybody was going to games because of that so it was a blast it was it was a nice trip down memory lane so really good content on, on monumental sports network just want to kind of give them a shout out because it really is some good stuff that they're working on right now um so let's go over the next game it's a game in dc on tuesday february 20th that game is up against the new jersey devils that's going to be a tough game uh seven o'clock start and you can watch that one locally on monumental sports network so that's pretty much it for the show this week dan no back to back so i'm not going to ask you what goalie's going to start what game we got two games saturday and tuesday coach dan and i will be back again next week after those two games happen so until then everybody say it loud say it proud let's go caps This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.